Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Monday, December the 23rd, 2013. This is episode number 160 of Purple Mafia. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It is greatly appreciated, especially in such trying times for this football franchise, and this state as a whole, in the sports world anyway. For the weather, well, whatever. We'll just, you know, hey, I'd rather it snows in December than it doesn't, but eh, that's just one man's opinion, that's just one man's tastes. You all have a right to whatever you prefer. Uh, Some things are opinions and some things are facts. Uh, Yesterday was... Not good. Uh, That was not a good football game for the Minnesota Vikings in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Except for the likes of the Cordero Pattersons of the world who looked fairly good. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. Uh, Rough game, man. Rough game. Uh, And in a lot of ways, the draft, well, (laughs) the people that would like the draft pick to be, well, you know, a bit higher. Meaning the Vikings lose and other teams win. Well, yeah, the Vikings lost, but eh, pretty much everybody else won. We'll get back to that in a little bit. I'm not necessarily coming on here saying, yeah, Vikings lost, draft pick, draft pick. But, and of course, yeah, and that's another debate as well. That oh, it's just You just go crazy with this stuff. There is no Andrew Luck, we know. There is no uh, number one overall type of star. Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best quarterback. Is he a guarantee? Absolutely not. And even if the Vikings lose out, we're not well. Obviously, there's only one game left anyway. See, that's the thing. It's they're not the Minnesota Vikings will not have the number one pick. Breaking news as it happens. <laughs> in fact, it's very unlikely the Vikings will even pick in the top five with the way things are headed. So, whatever. The Vikings lost the game. Uh, glad it wasn't like a kind of game where somebody tore an ACL or anything. <laughs> Unlike some teams out there, like the Denver Broncos losing their middle linebacker, stuff like that. It's been a pretty nasty year with injuries, but I suppose every year is in its own way. Oh boy. Well, it's like, where do we start? Well, let's start with the quarterback. Let's start with the quarterback. And yes, the show will be as per usual. We will have the game review segment right now. And then, of course, the second segment will be the NFC North Roundup. That'll be a doozy. <laughs> we get to make fun of some teams in the NFC North. Um, and also, of course, preview the final game of the season. The final game 
of the Metrodome, the very final game that anybody anybody will play in the Metrodome ever. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. One more game against the Detroit Lions, and most likely the final game for both head coaches and staffs in those games. That's right, Leslie Frazier was, is likely coaching his last game as the head coach of the Vikings. <laughs> Jim Schwartz likely coaching his last game as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but eh, am I really, though? Am I really getting ahead of myself? Nah, whatever. Matt Castle, well, he didn't have a good game. And yes... There's talk of like, oh, so Matt Castle's so great, huh? You think Matt Castle's great? Look at him now. Well, when did I really say Matt Castle was great? When did really anybody say Matt Castle was great? I suppose some people in fan lines of 1500 or KFAN, <laughs> uh, FM 100 KFAN, either one of those two, some fans called in, hey, Matt Castle this, but no, really nobody's calling Matt Castle franchise quarterback. We're just calling him the kind of guy to, I guess, bridge the gap. To the next quarterback, whoever that may be. If it's Johnny Manziel, it's not going to be the Oregon Duck, which is disappointing. Perhaps one of the third one, uh, one of the guys that maybe later in the draft that uh, Brent Jacobson brings up on a couple occasions here. We'll get to that later in the fan interaction part. That's of course the third segment. So there you go. We do have a call in from Malcolm so that we'll get into on that one, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Alright, for the sake of being organized for crying all out, Matt Castle had the lowest efficiency rating of any quarterback this entire season, which is quite crazy. So that's why I labeled the title of this episode, Castlevania 3, Ponder's Curse. It doesn't get much more appropriate than that. Uh, Yes, Ponder's Curse. The curse of Christian Ponder. Just like Dracula's curse in Castlevania 3 for the NES back in the good old days, which I still proudly own. <laughs> Hardest game ever, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, Ponder's curse. Ponder's curse uh, hit Matt Castle this time around. Last week was Matt's quest, and way back in, uh, you know, way back in what, September 23rd, if I remember correctly. Gosh, that's exactly like three months ago now. Huh. <laughs> when Castlevania won. Yep, that's right. The original Castlevania took place when uh, Matt Castle beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this was definitely Ponder's curse today. Um, yesterday, anyway. A quarterback rating of 32.6 for Matt Castle. A really ugly game. Bad, bad everything. And like was said on <laughs> other shows in town, yeah, I mean, with Matt Castle, it's like when he's going to have a bad game, you know it right away. Just like in the Carolina game. We knew it right away. The Carolina Panthers, by the way. We might talk about them briefly at some point. Since we're going to just kind of enjoy whatever's left of this football season and go into the postseason and such. Postseason conversation, we're going to slowly shift into that in the next week and a half, two weeks here. Uh, Cincinnati will be in those playoffs, by the way. Uh, But yeah, Matt Castle, you can tell right out of the gate that uh, he's going to have a crappy game. (laughs) And you can tell usually fairly early that he's going to have a decent game. This was absolutely one of those crappy games in a huge way. Matt Castle inaccurate, uh, a bit wild as well. Not sure what the heck to even make of it. And and it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Matt Castle is a... Do you even want to call him a Band-Aid? Is he a Band-Aid? Is he there just to bridge the gap? 
I say he's just there to bridge the gap because, yeah, Ponder's curse. <laughs> Christian Ponder will never play quarterback for the Vikings again unless Matt Castles, for whatever, taken out in the Detroit game due to injury or they just take him out for whatever freaking reason. Maybe you'll see Ponder like have one last hurrah for like a quarter or two. Josh Freeman will never play a down for this team outside of that wild and crazy New York New York Giants game. Oh boy, what a joke. What a joke at quarterback position. So yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to go with Matt Castle, who's at least semi-capable out there at times, <laughs> to bridge the gap. I mean, how similar are the Minnesota Vikings to the Kansas City Chiefs just a, just a couple of years ago when Matt Castle was the full-time starter, uh, Brody Croyle was kind of the quote-unquote quarterback of the future for that team that never was the quarterback that never was, so to speak, because he just was not good at all. Farzine Vesugian would have something to say about that. He, I'm sure, would agree. Basically, Ponder is what Brody Croyle was to the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Castle is a lesser version of what he was with the Chiefs. He was more of the full-time starter there with a quadrillion-dollar contract. Oops (laughs) to that one. Luckily, not quite a quadrillion-dollar contract, but a uh, player option going into next season. Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be very interesting to see where... Matt Castle goes. I have no idea what to say. There was one good pass at one point in the game, though, and that was very early. <laughs> About five minutes into the game, when, uh, after Cincinnati scored very, very, very early after the fumble. <laughs> the very early fumble by Matt Castle, which led to a Cincinnati touchdown. Matt Castle, the highlight of the game for Matt Castle, without a doubt, a 36-yard pass to Paydirt for one of my favorite players on the team, Jarius Wright. <laughs> The Percy Harvin that you can throw deep to, meaning he's the shorter guy that's kind of a slot receiver that you can actually throw deep to on the sidelines, not just up the middle. Uh, yeah, I love Jerry's right, big time. No headache whatsoever and a nice, valuable player. Not as not as dominant as Percy Harvin, we all know that, but, well, he's playing, he's not hurt all the time. What's Percy Harvin doing for Seattle right now? Well, yeah, we know he's real talented, but he's real injured too, so... Nice to see Jerry Stride continuing to be a what he is, a valuable third receiver in this league. It's just kind of a, you know, when you think about it, how the Vikings are actually deep at wide receiver, which is kind of funny when you think about it. Um, that was the highlight of the game, though, basically. <laughs> Aside of uh, Cordero Patterson's wonderful rush. Yes, sir. Cordero Patterson was Adrian Peterson today. <laughs> Yesterday. I keep saying today. What the hell's going on? In this game. In this game. Yes. Uh, nice, nice handoff and run to the right. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Rush to the right side to Pedrich. 36 yards for him. Um, or was it 36? Excuse me, it was 35. Well, whatever, 35, 36. <laughs> oh, he, he scampered to Pedrich. That was pretty cool to see. He actually got three rushes in the game, 54 yards. Like Cordero Patterson, your leading rusher on the day because Adrian Peterson... Well, not healthy. He's not healthy. And that's what's crazy. But again, I'm getting a slightly ahead of myself. Or no, we'll just get to that one now and come back to where I was headed. Uh, Adrian Peterson, yeah, he wasn't himself. And he said he didn't feel confident out there. He didn't feel confident. So the question is, why was he so insistent on playing? No idea. So the logical... (laughs) The logical decision would be to sit him in the last game. If Adrian Peterson plays against Detroit, it's like... What, what are you doing? I mean, seriously, just sit out Adrian Peterson in the last game. Let Toby Gerhardt get a little run for his next uh, team, I guess, because he's, he's got to be gone. Adrian Peterson's still the guy. Toby Gerhardt, 
probably deserves a bigger role somewhere else. Will it be the Denver Broncos, like Sebastian Balls said? Will it be Atlanta, which could be another option? Who knows? It won't be the Green Bay Packers, because they have Eddie Lacy. Oh, that would suck if he went there anyway. But, yeah, it's going to be somebody like that. Who knows? Maybe the New Orleans Saints. Who who knows? It's going to be something like that, though. It's going to be a team that could use a nice power runner that doesn't necessarily have an elite running back. I mean, Atlanta does not have an elite running back. Steven Jackson's done. Uh, Denver, Nostrand Moreno, he may be gone. Who, who knows what's going to happen? Maybe he'll uh, platoon with him. Uh, Toby Gerhardt, that is. Who knows what's going to happen in Denver with the record-breaking <laughs> Peyton Manning with over 51 touchdowns now. Good God almighty. I didn't even realize just how great a season he was having. Holy cow. Anyhow, <clears throat> speaking of uh, efficiency, boy, what an efficient offense by the Vikings. You know, al- almost Denver-like. Almost. What were the Vikings on third down yesterday? Eh, over nine. Asinine, ball brain, cockamamie, ridiculous... Yeah, over nine. Yeah, not not bad. Over nine. You know, hey, at least they tried. At least they tried. So give them credit. On fourth down, zero oh and two, over oh two. There were two turnovers on the third downs as well. So um, good times there. Uh, the referees didn't really help the Vikings either. Same old story. Almost like the Baltimore game. Not quite as bad, but there were some bad ones. There were some bad ones out there. Uh, it's just like good times, guys. Good times. Struggles continue. Frustration. The bounce off the helmet, Dilly. Uh, Simpson was definitely interfered with at one point. Shoved pretty blatantly. And the ball bounced off the Bengals defender into the other Bengals hand. This definitely was not Simpson's fault this time around. In the past, you've seen Simpson tip the ball in the air. Adra, I mean, Adra, huh? a la Cadre Ishmael in the past. Where the guy just had butter, you know, just had stone fingers would bounce the ball in the air for a nice, beautiful little interception due to Warren Moon's chagrin about oh, 20 years ago almost. Gosh, that's a while. Uh, Simpson, very Cadre-like in that. Um, very similar to Cadre, of kind of a speed uh, speed receiver who doesn't have the best hands in the world. But um, this one, of course, not so much his fault. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, the guy the Vikings passed on for... I mean, if you're going to reach for a quarterback, it might as well have been Andy Dalton, huh? He's got over 30 touchdown passes on the year now. Four touchdown four touchdown passes yesterday, hitting receivers in stride. And he picked on, um, well, the best the best cornerback ever. He just picked on him all day, that being Chris Cook. All day. I mean, he destroyed Chris Cook time and time again. What is Chris Cook even doing out there? in the first place at this stage. I mean, what is he even doing out there other than, I guess, there's just, who else are you going to put out there? It's like, it's like the old uh, Minnesota Twins back in the day when they had absolutely no pitching, so you'd keep putting the same horrible pitcher out there because who else are you going to put in, you know? It just it just got to that point. <laughs> uh, Vikings with injuries over the course of time, and, of course, the Josh Robinsons of the world not only hurt, but absolutely terrible. What what other direction do you go? Xavier Rhodes out, unfortunately, as well. It totally sucks because the guy is really getting, really showing signs of what he's going to be in this league, which is a legit cornerback. Thank God for that. Marcus Sherrill's limited in talent, but intelligence of the position, knowing the position, he's got it. He's he's got the it factor for that. Marcus Sherrill's is an NFL player in NFL DB. He actually does knock down passes. 
Chris Cook has maybe knocked down like three passes in his career. Still no turnovers, no forced fumbles, no interceptions for Chris Cook. What more can you say? There's really nothing more to say. Chris Cook will be playing his final game against the Detroit Lions in the Metrodome. Lots of finality will be taking place in the Dome this coming Sunday. Post-Christmas, of course. There's going to be a lot of finality. No more Leslie Frazier, no more Bill Musgrave, no more Alan Williams, no more Chris Cook, no more Jim Schwartz, no more Christian Ponder, no more Josh... Well, there was never a Josh Freeman anyway, but you get the idea. And, of course, no more Metrodome, if I didn't already say that like six times. Um, No more 2013 Vikings, I guess. That's one thing as well. Oh, boy. Where do we go now? Where do we go now? Hmm. This was just another old-fashioned blowout where you just you watch the game, it's terrible, you can't complete a pass, you can't really develop much of a running game, though, you, and you don't really, you really can't develop much of a running game anyway because you're behind by m- multiple touchdowns. So there was, uh, really, the running was fairly efficient in the game. I mean, yeah, like I said, Cordero Patterson was good, but he's not supposed to be like a full-time running back. Adrian Peterson wasn't really healthy. Toby Gerhardt isn't even healthy. What the heck? You know, Matt Asiata stinks. (laughs) Um, Cincinnati didn't have to run, and they didn't really get much when they did. The former Patriot, Mr. Manjarvis Green-Ellis, did score a touchdown in the game, believe it or not. Only only two yards of carry. uh, Bernard... Giovanni Bernard had had a couple of uh, well, it looked like good runs, but then they were holding calls. So whatever there. Andy Dalton scrambled for what, ten for ten yards only once. So they didn't really go on the ground at all in this game. It was just because Andy Dalton was having a field day, passing on this horrible secondary, and that's pretty much the story of the game. Um, Alan Williams was a <laughs> secondary coach <laughs> in Indianapolis defensive coordinator, so it's like, it all just sums up at Alan Williams is the worst defensive coordinator in football. What he specialized in is where we are the most dis, uh, dysfunctional. Yes, it's a lack of talent, but it's also horrible coaching and we've been hearing it all year and there's no reason to really rehash it 99 million more times. As I said earlier, Andy Dalton has eclipsed 31 touchdowns on the year. He's also eclipsed 4,000 yards on the season. Definitely a Pro Bowl guy. Thirty-one touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. It has been a, it has been an uptrend for him in his three years in the league. His quarterback rating has gone up each year from eighty to eighty-seven point four to ninety-one point zero. The eighty point four in the first year that is uh, twenty and thirteen in the touchdown interception his first year. Twenty-seven sixteen his second year, and right now thirty-one sixteen with a game to go. Uh, very strong. Four fumbles in each year, which is kind of funny. <laughs> so that's kind of, well, whatever. Like, we don't really think about that. The yardage has gone up about three to 400 yards a season in each year as well. Andy Dalton's uh, development has been definitely evident. He's, he's become a nice quarterback in this league, and the Cincinnati Bengals should be very happy. Imagine this Minnesota Vikings team with Andy Dalton at the quarterback. Doesn't necessarily mean we'd be... 10 and 6, 10 and 5, whatever right now, because the secondary is just super bad. But hey, maybe. I mean, Green Bay's secondary is pretty bad too. Their defense is pretty bad. And when Aaron Rodgers is playing good, obviously the Packers are a Super Bowl contender. So who's to say the Vikings wouldn't at least be a solid team like Cincinnati? Okay, we probably wouldn't because they actually have a decent defense. But maybe, maybe. I mean, because 
she, she, Xavier Rhodes is getting better. So one more good cornerback on the other side, and you got something. Because you still do have Harrison Smith, who missed eight games. That didn't help the secondary. And uh, maybe another tight end, or excuse me, safety. Yeah, another tight end, sure. Like, we need one of those right now. <laughs> A safety to join with Harrison Smith. Jamarcus Stanford what was it for one year, hasn't really been it this year. So that will pretty much conclude the game in general. Just a, a blowout. I mean, what what do you want? What more really is there to say about it? It was a nasty game. Bad defense. Nice execution by Cincinnati. The last time the Minnesota Vikings won in Cincinnati was back in 1992 when I first started watching the Minnesota Vikings. 21 years ago. This is my 22nd season. I'm almost concluding it now. My 22nd season watching the Minnesota Vikings and my sixth doing Purple Mafia already. I've got one more game to go to complete that part, to complete that. Um, but yeah, the Vikings destroyed Cincinnati in that day, 42-7 to in Bengal land. <laughs> Way back in the day, that's the last time the Vikings won in Cincinnati and the only time the Minnesota Vikings have won in Cincinnati in what is now 40 years because the first time the Vikings and Cincinnati Bengals played was in 1973. The Vikings were ahead 6-5 to five after a nice victory in 2009 in the Metrodome with Brett Favre. Oh, I missed those days with Brett Favre at the quarterback. I missed that season anyway. <sighs> A nice little solid win for the Vikings over Cincinnati. And I remember when Cincinnati came in the Dome in 98 with uh, when Cunningham turned his ankle a little bit. Brad Johnson went out there, started playing. Helped the Vikings along the way. Neil O'Donnell was the Bengals quarterback. Uh, and then Brad Johnson broke his thumb, and then the rest was history. Randall Cunningham took the Vikings uh, to a 15-1 record, only to choke big time against the Atlanta Falcons in that 98 game. A huge Metrodome memory there. We'll get much deeper into Metrodome memories uh, in the in the season finale, the next episode coming up. So that'll definitely be one of the feature presentations of the next <laughs> of episode 161 which will be an ode to the Dome. Yes, sir. Uh, and an ode to a lot of things that I already mentioned. But before we actually take the break here, i got to remember to pass out the awards for the week. The Fran Tarkenton Award, it's got to go to Cordell Patterson, a rushing touchdown, a 48-yard kick return in the game. Without a doubt, the, the shining light on the Vikings this week, the... You know, the only real light at the end of the tunnel for the Minnesota Vikings in this particular game. Matt Castle wasn't good. Greg Jennings really, well, what, what's he going to do? Matt Castle was as bad as he was. Cordero Patterson was a definite diamond in the rough in this game. The Johnny, what am I talking about? The uh, Tavares Jackson Memorial, Johnny Flynn Memorial. I still got Timberwolves Explosion on the mind. Recorded that one last night. Do check it out, by the way. Um, the Torres Jackson Memorial, a obvious one, just like it was last night for the Timberwolves Explosion show. <laughs> a very obvious one. Of course it's Chris Cook. Of course. Chris Cook was terrible. Beaten all day, again and again. Multiple touchdowns again with Chris Cook flailing away from the ball. Not, never making a play on the ball. He's always flailing away or like way behind the receiver, whatever it is. He's either way ahead of the receiver because he's just, oh, he's just terrible. Worst, worst cornerback on the team. Worst cornerback in the world. Chris Cook, Tavares Jackson Memorial. 
Got to think he's a heavy favorite for the Tavares Jackson of the year. Got to think about that for sure. So, yes, now we will take a quick break and get to that NFC North review. And on we go into the preview of the Detroit Lions game and an ode to the Metrodome and such. We'll be back right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 160, which is a reminder for those of you on your mobile devices, your tablets, your iPhones, your Android phones, blah, 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 Galaxy Tab, Galaxy S4, whatever the heck it is, (laughs) Galaxy S2, who knows, Um, for Apple devices, all you have to do is find us on iTunes, for Android devices, there is the Double Twist app, and others, simply search for us in the podcasting section for the Double Twist app. That being Purple Mafia, anyway, find us on there. For Windows devices, simply search in the store and find us. Same with BlackBerry devices. Phones and tablets, all that good stuff. Oh, it gets more and more fun every day, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not getting any more fun for the Detroit Lions. They are not going to the playoffs. They have been eliminated. What a choke job. The New York Giants defeat the Detroit Lions in the Silver Dome, or whatever the heck you call it, Ford Field. I'm, yeah, I live in the past, sorry. The New York Giants win 23-20. to The Lions schwartz themselves again. Another huge disappointment for them. It's unbelievable. They, I can't believe the Detroit Lions didn't win the NFC North with the way things were headed at one point during the season. But you could pretty much say that for all three of these teams. Like, why didn't you win the division? What the hell? If Green Bay wins this division, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Look at the Bears and Lions. What a joke. You guys need to win something, you know. Um, I prefer to see the Bears win the division than Green Bay or Detroit, but, boy, Jim Schwartz is dead. I mean, he is dead. And the, the fan base was furious after the game. They are booing the crap out of him, and so they should. Just ridiculous. What the heck? How, how can you lose to, like, New York at home? Come on. Ah, uh, it's just, it's like as some people say, this team's not serious. And, uh, no, the Detroit Lions are not serious. Uh, Mr. Stafford is a choke job. He, he Two interceptions, no touchdowns, just collapsed. Terrible. Eli Manning has had a really bad season. Things not going well for him. Not, not a very good game at all. Barely above 50% completion percentage. But Stafford choked it away down the stretch. And that's pretty much the story of the season for Detroit. Stafford has really, really come back to the pack the last several weeks. Jim Schwartz, one of the worst coaches in the NFL... The team plays undisciplined, and um, they just they just fall apart, and it's not going to work out. Jim Schwartz will be replaced by somebody. We hope it's not John Gruden, because if John Gruden goes to Detroit, uh-oh, uh, I'll start worrying, because I think Matthew Stafford 
would start playing a little better, and that could be really, really bad news for Minnesota Vikings fans. I would not like to see John Gruden coach the Detroit Lions. Got to think Trestman will be back for the Chicago Bears. Still a good chance they will win the division, but boy, they didn't look like division champions yesterday against a team that the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, pounded. They scored 48 points on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and I'll save that for last. Green Bay Packers <laughs> Green Bay Packers failed to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. A 38-31 victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are now 7-8. and eight. They, have a, they have a chance of being getting to 500. The Green Bay Packers are exactly 500 with a 7-7-1 seven, seven record. They cannot win in Lambeau Field with almost 80,000 people in attendance in a very cold day, I'm sure. <laughs> it had to be. Oh, boy. Well, actually... Maybe it was more mild. Pardon me, because it had been mild until today. Good God, it was cold outside here. But uh, Packers, just another disappointment. Eddie Lacy, a strong game. Only 15 rushes, 84 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Matt Flynn, he puts up some numbers, but he's just a mediocre quarterback when you look at the grand scheme of things. Ben Roethlisberger has definitely come back to the pack over the course of this season. Or, yeah, this whole season. He has not really been anything all too special the last few years. But the Pittsburgh Steelers get a little revenge on the Super Bowl a couple years ago. The 2010 Super Bowl. Yeah, sweet revenge. Oh, goody, right? (laughs) It's not revenge. (laughs) LeVon Bell, huge day. Almost five yards of carry. 124 yards on the ground. A long of 25. So there was no big, giant play that bloated his numbers. He just played very well during the course of the game. 26 rushes. He did lose a fumble, though. Um, Matt Flynn, again, just, ah, he's just an average player. Barely above uh, 50% for him as well. One touchdown, one interception, quarterback rating under 70. Um, Roethlisberger, slightly above average in the game. He had a turnover as well. Not many yards, only 167. Mm, glad he didn't see this game. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. Glad he didn't see much. Obviously, he saw some highlights or didn't like see the whole game. Uh, who would want to watch this anyway? It's just, ah. Pitts, uh, Green Bay Crackers shouldn't make the playoffs. Chicago Bears have better. They had better win next week. I mean, what the heck? What the heck is going on with the Chicago Bears? They head to the city of brotherly love, and they get beaten like the uh, spoiled little brother, basically, right here. A 54. 54. That's right, 54 to 11. Trouncing. Oh my god! Yeah, that is uh, some some total ass whooping right there. I mean, I can't believe. Just You just look at this. I, I just can't believe it. I mean, uh, well, Philadelphia led. Remember when Philadelphia was up 21 to 0? This is, of course, a Sunday night game, NBC. Usually the Sunday night games are just freaking awesome. This was an, this was an example of a horrible football game that... Nobody should have been subjected to. I mean, this is national television, international television on NBC. The only one that actually is true, that actually looks like 1080 <laughs> sometimes, because CBS is kind of weak on their 1080. And, of course, Fox and ABC are incapable of 1080 because they just are. I don't know why. They they just are. Even though they're huge networks, I don't know why they... Uh, whatever. A 54-11 to 11 trouncing. What, what really is there to say? The Bears gave up 21 points in the first quarter, 21 points in the fourth quarter, and gave up 12 in between. <laughs> Yuck. Jay Cutler's back at quarterback, and the Bears now stink with Jay Cutler at quarterback. I would say put McCown back in there. I mean, why not? It's kind of like what the Kansas City Chiefs did uh, years ago when Rich Gannon took over 
for the injured, uh, uh, what's his stupid name, Elvis Gerbach. Remember when Elvis Gerbach was the starting quarterback for Kansas City? He uh, got hurt, I believe, and then was replaced by Rich Gannon, who was a million times better. And then, well, no, Elvis Gerbach's our guy. You know, Rich Gannon, sit down, and then, bam, they got beat by the Denver Broncos in the playoffs right away. Typical Kansas City Chiefs losing early in the playoffs despite a great season. And on went the Denver Broncos to their first Super Bowl championship way back in 1997. Yes, my memory is that good. Yes, I just totally pulled that out of my head. Yeah. Yes, I'm a freak. I know. <laughs> no, people have people. I'm sure other people remember it. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, dominant, 18 rushes, 133 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Philadelphia, what, what more can you say? They just tore up this stuff. Uh, they just tore up the Chicago Bears in a million ways. Bears complete garbage. Only one interception for Cutler. That's surprising. McCown actually came in the game at one point because, like, what's the what, what else is there to do? He completed two of four passes, and that was it. So that was just, eh, like final drive of the game type of stuff, like mop-up duty, as we call it. <coughs> Excuse me. Cutler wasn't that bad, but he wasn't that good either. He's just, meh, you know? He was just average. Woohoo! Good for him. Three sacks for Trent Cole in the game. There was a pick six in the game, so there it was. There, there it is for uh, Jay Cutler. He did have a pick six in the game. Brandon Boykin with a pick six. Good job for him. <laughs> Jay Cutler, you stink. Mm. He was sacked five times in the game, twice by Michael Hendricks, and three times, as mentioned, by Trent Cole. Philadelphia Eagles took it to the Bears in a big way. It's like, man, oh man, oh man, oh man. It, it's just a nightmare for the, uh, for the, <laughs> for the Bears. It's like, how do they even come up with 54 points, though? It's just, I just look at this and I'm just, just shocked. I suppose, yeah, there was, it was on the ground. Four rushes. Bryce Brown, he had 115 yards as well with a 65-yard scamper. Chris Polk, also with a touchdown, and of course, as mentioned, LaShawn McCoy with two. So, yeah, they just literally ran all over the Bears, and that's all there was to it. Oh, my. Bears. So, what's going to happen? Are the Bears going to win the division, or are the Packers going to win it? Gotta think the Bears, obviously, are, yeah, the Bears are, are definite favorites with an 8-7 and seven record. Packers only 7-7 seven and seven because of that tie. The Vikings may have prevented the Green Bay Packers from, from, from slipping backwards to a division championship here. <laughs> Talk about luck. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, good job, Vikings. Glad you're able to do that. <laughs> we'll probably not see Aaron Rodgers play again this year, regardless of what happens with the Green Bay Packers, which is sad in some ways, even though I hate the son of a gun. The game will be in Soldier Field against the Green Bay Packers. A perfect game right here. Perfect setup. Nice how it worked out that way. Packers and Bears for the NFC North Championship Bears should be favored. It is a home game, as mentioned, for the Bears. They will probably win the game. It is a 3 o'clock, 325, excuse me, start this coming Sunday. Yes, sir. So, welcome to the playoffs, Chicago. Jim Trestman will be in the postseason and will likely get slaughtered in the first round by whoever. Oh, boy. It's not going to be Carolina because they're probably going to get the first round by. I mean, you know when the Carolina Panthers were 0-3 and they came into... The Met Stadium, no, the Metrodome. They came into the Metrodome. The Carolina Panthers came into the Metrodome. They were 0-3. They looked like crap. And But it's like, well, you know, eh, what's-his-name looks solid. He looks good. And, and their defense is pretty good, too. Oh, oh what's-his-name, right? 
11 and 4. I mean, yep, Cam Newton, of course, but yeah, I was just saying, oh, what's his name? 11 and 4. The Carolina Panthers have won 11 games and lost one since that day. It's just unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. Excuse me, they were 1 and 3. I forgot they did beat the New York Giants the week before. Pardon me. They were two weeks before. But just saying, I mean, it's just unbelievable considering how. Yeah, I'm getting. I was getting mixed up with the uh, Cleveland Browns, so I do apologize for that. But still, they felt like they were 0 and 3, 0 and 4, and the Carolina Panthers <laughs> took the Vikings apart, made them 0 and 4, made us 0 and 4 on that day, pounded us in the ground, and it's like, oh, it's just Carolina, big deal. They're 2 and 3. They're sort of in the hunt for the postseason, but uh, they're probably not going to do anything. They're probably going to get the first round by because they're probably going to finish 12 and 4. They're going to Atlanta next week. They beat the Saints. They took care of business. Yeah, they lost to the Saints a couple weeks ago in New Orleans. That's going to happen, but they took care of business at home. Now they head to Atlanta, and they will probably finish the season 12-4. and An amazing, amazing (laughs) finish to the year. Go Panthers. I mean, heck, how can you not be impressed with what the Carolina Panthers have done this year? I'm very impressed, and hey, Good, good on them. Good luck. Good luck going into the postseason. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm giving them a little pat on the back right now. That is, uh, that is quite a run. Who knows what'll happen with that team? Cam Newton has had a fantastic year. Has had that defense. San Francisco playing right now. They ha- still have an outside shot of winning the NFC West. Believe it or not. A, well, actually, no. They're not going to win it anymore. But <laughs> they still have a shot of winning the NFC. I got to think. Uh, yeah, the tiebreaker prevents that with Seattle, pardon me. But San Francisco 49ers, Arizona Cardinals, that's the best uh, division in the uh, NFC. Obviously, the New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers are both very good teams as well in the NFC South. But after that, you got Atlanta and Tampa. Yuck. Look at the NFC West. Remember how weak it was? Just not that, it doesn't seem like that long ago when Seattle was 7-9 and nine and, they, uh, and they actually won a playoff game. They took out the Saints. Remember that? I think that was 2010, if I remember correctly. 7-9 and nine Seahawks. I believe, do believe that was Jim Moore's first year in the league. In fact, it was. First year with Seattle, anyway. First year uh, coming back out of, from uh, USC. Of course, he did coach New England to a few mediocre seasons in the 90s, post-Bill Parcells. But just saying, man, oh man, oh man, how things have changed in that NFC West. Seattle's going to make the playoffs. They're probably the favorites to win the whole enchilada. San Francisco is a still super-duper threat to win the Super Bowl, and I did pick them to win it, and I still think they can. They Maybe they'll be like the 97 Broncos, go on the road a little bit and go all the way and win it. Who knows? Arizona is going to make the playoffs as well, most likely. I mean, they're not officially in yet, but most likely they're going to make the playoffs with a 10-5 and record. Incredible run for them amazing what they've accomplished over the course of time. It, it really is. I'm very impressed with what uh, what they've been able to accomplish. And, um, man. <laughs> and as I look this over, I guess San Francisco still still has a shot of winning the division, actually. Uh, pardon me for the mix-up here. It's driving, This is driving me crazy, just looking at everything. They still actually do have a chance of winning the division. So... Yeah, if San Francisco can somehow pull off that one, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> then they're definitely going to go to the go to the Super Bowl and win one and can, win one for Candlestick. Because <laughs> I don't think the AFC wins the Super Bowl this year. <gasps> uh oh, 
take that to notes going into the uh, going into the playoff episodes, which will follow the uh, of course Detroit game. We'll do some playoff previews and reviews and all that good stuff. So now let's talk about the Detroit Lions coming into the dome, the final game in the Metrodome. Yes, sir. I've said that a thousand times, but it is what it is. Uh, Matthew Stafford's a mess. Jim Schwartz is a mess. Uh, they have a nice running game. Joyke Bell did well uh, just uh, last week against the New York Giants. They have arguably the best receiver in the league. Stafford is supposed to be good, but he's fallen off the face of the earth for the last several weeks now. So the Detroit Lions are going to run the Vikings into the ground. No, actually, I kind of think, I kind of have a sneaky feeling the Minnesota Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, Detroit is falling apart, and now they officially have nothing to play for. Wouldn't be surprised if they're in pout mode and they want their coach fired. So don't be surprised if the Minnesota Vikings have a nice little win, a nice ode to Leslie Frazier type of thing, because the players love Leslie Frazier. I think they hate the coordinators and love Frazier. I don't think there's any doubt about that, actually. And um, Adrian Peterson, after the game yesterday, did mention that, (sighs) excuse me, that he vows that he will speak to ownership about keeping Frazier as coach and that there's something else going on behind the scenes right now, something that we don't know about, so to speak. Uh, That was a very, very, very interesting comment by Adrian Peterson. So you really wonder what that's all about. Is is, is, uh, Rick Steelman in trouble, actually? Is Is something really strange going on? I have no idea what it is. What could it be that Adrian Peterson was talking about Ah, uh, that's kind of like a Facebook message, though, isn't it? <laughs> Where it's like, oh, man, oh, my day is this, my day was this, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, I have something to say right now, but I won't say it. You know, ah, that drives you crazy, like when people do that on Facebook. Leslie Frazier in his press conference also was pretty mama about his future, as expected. Uh, he did, here's one thing of note, too, that you could come out of this one, is he spoke softer in the press conference than normal, and uh, because he likes, he likely does see writing on the wall. The newest rumor of late is Vanderbilt coach James Franklin. So he's actually younger than Bill O'Brien who was 45. Franklin is only 41 years old. His only NFL experience is he was a wide receivers coach in 2005 for the infamous Green Bay Packers. He's been the head coach of Vanderbilt since 2011 and since then he has been 23 and 15, a win percentage of .605, so not bad. Excuse me, not bad at all over there. Uh, There was a possibility that he was going to be a head coach and waiting in the University of Maryland as well, but eventually got the Vanderbilt job over there in the SEC conference. Not, Not bad. I mean, off to a nice start in his career as a head coach. We'll see. Um... I'd say he's a little bit, it's a little bit early for this one. He's pretty young, I mean, but you never know. John Gruden was really young, so who knows? Uh, very little NFL experience. I mean, he's only been a wide receivers coach in the NFL, but, hey, he does have some head coaching experience at the college level. Vanderbilt, uh, okay, they're all right, obviously. Nice, uh, they're, they're doing okay under him. Uh, I don't really know all too much about him right now. He's he's been a wide receivers coach most of the way uh, when he's been an assistant in the past. He's been a defensive backs coach as well. He's been a wide receivers coach at multiple places though: uh, Maryland, Idaho State, James Madison, uh, 
Cutstown, Cutstown, Cootstown, Cootstown, pardon me. Um, okay, an offensive coordinator at Maryland years later, and then eventually, yes, the Vanderbilt coach. All right, well, <laughs> not sure what to make about this one. I think he's a little raw to be a head coach in the NFL. That's just me. It'd be a risky move. Maybe he's good. I I, I don't know. I, I think Bill O'Brien's a little bit more ready, but... Now, some people do believe that something much bigger, much bigger could be going on, possibly. Some people believe. It's just a quiet hunch that some people have. It's nothing really concrete of any sort, but, you know, like more of a splash as a head coach of the Vikings, like a possible Gruden, Bill Cowher, or God knows what. Bud Grant! Yeah, right. No, no, I don't think so. (laughs) But there is a hunch from some people, but just a hunch. That's about it. So... We're going to conclude this segment for now. Uh, what What is going to follow with the the whole situation with um, the coaches, the GM? We're going to talk much more about that on the next episode. In the next episode and episodes after that, because who knows if the uh, the firings and stuff will begin right away, or will it be a while? The firings and hirings. I think the new head coach may not be right out of the gate. That's one thing. If indeed Frazier is. And as expected, as expected, fired after next week's game. So we shall see with that. We're going to take a quick break, and you will hear the voice of Malcolm from Oakview, California, to open up the fan interaction segment. Hey Joey, it's Malcolm. Just wanted to call in real quick and say um, can't wait for next year already. The draft will be interesting. Right now we're probably going to sit at 7th, 8th pick. Kind of sucks, but oh well. Um, I just wanted to see Castle do good, which didn't really happen, but part of it I put on Musgrave. I mean, some of the play calls are just so horrible for our offense. How many times did we have third and two, third and three, and Adrian Peterson wasn't even in the backfield for a threat of the run? So they know we're throwing it, and just a bunch of low percentage passes just to pick up three yards. It's pretty frustrating to watch, but then again, I'm not too upset that we lost just to for our draft position, but other than that, I don't know. It looks like the Bears might take the North. Probably lose pretty quickly in the playoffs. We'll see, but yeah, just wanted to give my two cents about Musgrave if he's not gone and Allen. Pretty much all the coaches need to go, and you've been talking about that for weeks now. So, all right, look forward to the show, Joey. And I thank you for that awesome call, Malcolm. Great, great call as always. Really, really appreciate that. 
He's a great caller. Yeah, I mean, perfect, perfect caller, to be honest. Uh, I, I like the way he approaches it. So, yes, <laughs> yeah, the seventh or eighth pick. Yep, that's pretty much where things are headed now with the draft. It's unfortunate. Um, yet again, it's another one. Of, it's one of those years, like I've said multiple times now, where there's really no can't-miss guys. It's a deep draft. That's the good part. But there's no, like, top-heavy type of draft pick like there have been in years past. That's the bummer about the whole thing. So, now the hope is that the Vikings don't wind up with an, uh, another Blaine Gabbard, or another Ponder, or another this or that, the Ryan Leaves, all that good stuff. So, that's the whole fear with anybody in any draft. I mean, you never know. I mean, you just never know. Sometimes a guy is just going to be a flat bust, and there's really nothing we can do about it. And the frustration really kicks in for all of us fans when you get another bust. It really sucks. So, uh, also, yeah, <laughs> Castle and Musgrave, yep, all that good stuff. Yeah, Matt Castle didn't look good. Bill Musgrave definitely showed why he's not an offensive coordinator in the NFL. He just kind of reverted right back to where he was. When you really need that first down and such, there's always some type of questionable play call. Yeah, I mean, Bill Musgrave is not not the answer at offensive coordinator for this team or any team in the league, so I definitely agree with that, Kent. <laughs> can't disagree with anything he had to say with that um, Adrian Peterson yeah I mean the funny part with that though or it's not funny or anything but I mean Adrian Peterson the whole situation with him it's like he just he wasn't even healthy out there it's kind of like I, I don't even know where to go with that other than yeah if it's a third and short what the hell why are we forcing passes and turning the ball over just yeah it was terrible it was flat terrible I agree with you. You got to get rid of Musgrave. Alan Williams definitely has to go. The coaching staff is gone. All that good stuff. I would be pretty annoyed if the coaching staff returned. Frankly, if Fraser returned without them, that would be pretty cool. But I'm, I don't think that's possible that that could happen. I don't think Fraser would, would would go along with something like that. I I, I just don't. I don't think Fraser would uh, would. Uh, he he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy. That would be like, okay, I'll keep my job if I, you know, I'll get rid of these guys to keep my job. Because management said so. I'm sure he would just be like, if they go, I go type of thing. Which sucks. But then again, at the same time, Frazier, I don't think he's the really the right answer as head coach anyway. So, I mean, look at the coordinators he brought in. So, uh, obviously, he doesn't have the right people working with him to be a head coach in this league. Maybe that the future, he will. Maybe. But... At this point in time, that's not really our problem, is it? I hate to say. <laughs> that's part of the whole thing of this is a business, right? Uh, Brent Jacobson had a nice little thing to say about uh, when I mentioned that, hey, episode 159 of Purple Mafia is on iTunes. He, uh, he said, uh, I'm sure it's as good as always. I will be downloading it soon if my iPhone hasn't automatically done so. And then we'll listen sometime before the Bengals game. Hope you, hope you did indeed like it, Mr. Brent Jacobson. I was going to click on the post-game thought. I'm going to save that for last. Because some of these are... No, I'll do the post-game now. Yeah, it's better. Got to make the executive decision here. The post-game thoughts now, and then, of course, the quote-unquote random posts will come in. Uh, we'll, We'll close the Facebook page part. So, yes, to get to the Facebook page, simply go to www.facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show simply go there click like and comment away also yeah to call in like malcolm did the phone number is 
209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Remember, as always, it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling into, which is Purple Mafia, or just simply say, Hey, Joey, like Malcolm did. That works. That's more than more than enough, I suppose. <laughs> Very cool. Always appreciate hearing from Malcolm. And, hey, somebody out there that hasn't called in yet, maybe you're a familiar poster on the page, don't be afraid to call in. Don't be afraid. So, when I said, please post your, uh, please make your post-game thoughts here, appreciated the ones that were posted on there before. Yep, I'll get to those. I'll save those for last. Steve Jablinski, I believe this may be his first uh, post on the uh, on, on this page. He says, it was a sad day. The NFL is certainly fixed. Today was a prime example. Ooh, that was an interesting, <laughs> interesting thought there. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's fixed, but, uh, I don't even know. I, I, I don't usually like to believe that sports are fixed. We'd all like to believe that they're not, but, well, we'll just, I have no idea what to think, other than, well, maybe we're just trying to get a draft pick or something, I don't know, but losing yesterday didn't even necessarily help us, because everybody else lost anyway. Cleveland lost, Atlanta lost, Jacksonville lost, gosh, damn, they're all ahead. I mean, remember, we were actually ahead of Jacksonville in the draft. Not anymore. So, uh, Celestar Thomas, always good things to say, says, yes, they surely have quit now. Uh-huh. David Gunther, say, we have to find a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I totally agree. That's my goal going into the offseason without a doubt. I mean, that is absolutely positively my goal. Malcolm saying the defense is just horrible. CP84 looks like a better version of Harvin. That is a good statement. Oh, I like what you had to say there. Uh huh. A better version of Harvin. Well, he's bigger than Harvin, without a doubt. He returns touchdowns on kick returns like Harvin. He can run the ball like Harvin. And he actually scores touchdowns. Harvin would get a couple of short gains here and there. He was kind of like a third running back. At times, a yeah, a third down running back, excuse me, at times, like a Chester Taylor, David Palmer type, to get those little quick short gains at times, where Patterson looked like Peterson a little bit on his touchdown. That was just beautiful. It was, it was really, really good. Nice thought, Malcolm. He is guaranteed a star once again. He is a, he's, he's got a lot of stars this year. He, he is a very, very good chance of being one of the gold, silver, or bronze stars of 2013. He has a very good shot of being in that. <laughs> yes, sir. He says, I called in before the Bears game. Ha ha. Oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That that game. Yeah, that game. Uh, I still think they're going to win the division, though. So, yeah, don't, don't feel too bad about it. Uh, they're going to win the division. They'll be Green Bay at home. And if they don't, well, that's on them. Period. That's on them. If you don't beat the Green Bay Packers at home, the division's been gift-wrapped for you guys, Chicago. I mean, come on. You you have to win that game. Uh, Brett McCarthy, new coaches needed. Simple and to the point. Excellent there. I <laughs> love that one, which I need to be. Simple and to the point, right? No, I, I try to be. Mark Carlson saying, I'm getting in pretty late for this week's show. But you made it, Mark. You made it. <laughs> he says, but this was the most disappointing game in a long time. Castle, who looked great the week before, looked worse than Ponder. Yes, he did. I'm sick of our defense. Fed up with penalties. And I think the refs need to get some glasses. Not that I would have, not that that would have made much difference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do want to comment about 
beer, and it's actually relevant to the Vikings. What do what do they? Why do they serve Liney Kugels of Wisconsin beer at the dome? Why not feature a great Minnesota brew from our own state, like Shells? I love Minnesota. I love Mankato and New Ulm. There are many good Minnesota beers that could be featured. Love to hear your comments on the Firebrick on the last podcast. Excuse me about that. Um, and congrats to my son Anthony for the Bronze Star. Merry Christmas, Purple Mafia Show. Yes, sir. <laughs> Skull Mark from Iowa. Yep. Oh, love love that. Love that comment. Really cool. Yeah, um, you know, another one that I, gosh, you know, I should really, really try to get them to, I, I should try to get like them as a sponsor on the show. Shells, or maybe Summit, or even this one. Obviously, this is like this kind of, it's become, It's over the last couple of years, it's become the superstar of Minnesota beers. Uh, it's surly. Oh my God, surly. Holy moly, have they exploded. <laughs> you got Beer Advocate. <laughs> You got 100 ratings, upper 90s, which anything in the uh, 95 and up is considered world class. You got Surly Wet, which only comes out in September. That's 97. Okay, look at this side topic. <laughs> Surly Darkness, which comes around Halloween every year. That's 100. You got Abrasive Ale, which is one of their winter ones. That's rated 100 on Beer Advocate. So you talk about one of the true insane Minnesota beers. Now, there's no tradition to it because it only started in 2005, but my goodness, they are tearing up the charts nationwide all of a sudden. It's been a quite a phenomenon in the past couple of years. Maybe they are overrated, though, just like one of their beers is called overrated, just to kind of make fun of that. Um, but no, Shells is fantastic. I, I, I agree with it. There's also an interesting one called Chimney Sweep that comes out in the winter that's got a interesting little smoke hint to it. So, yeah, that's a side topic. Kind of cool, though. Very, very cool, Mark. That was kind of fun. <laughs> hey, sometimes you can bounce around a little bit. I'm not big into whole, oh, dude, last time I got drunk was it? Um, last time I got drunk would be my first. <gasps> oh, that's right. <laughs> it would still be my first. So, yeah, I, I have... I'll have beer, but I don't get drunk. So, not that I'm standing on a soapbox or anything. Yeah, I'm just making fun of some dumbass shows out there that talk about, like, they just brag how drunk they got. It's like, okay, what's what's wrong with just having a beer or two rather than just bragging about being drunk? And if you do get drunk, that's your business. I don't, you know, whatever. Don't need to, I, I don't need to rip you about it, but you don't need to brag about it either. <laughs> okay, Brent Jacobson saying... I'm starting to lean towards giving Fraser one more year. Oh, Brent, look at you. But some changes to this staff would need to happen. I could tolerate one more year of Musgrave. Okay. Look at you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> one more. Okay, I'll calm down now. I could tolerate one more year of Musgrave as long as we can draft someone like Zach Mettenberger or Aaron Murphy to develop behind Castle. Now, uh, yes. Um,. Brent's thoughts here were, yeah, uh, Maddenberger or Aaron Murray were, were the kind of guys you would look to pick up in the second or third round. So maybe the Vikings go after, like, uh, one of those elite defensive linemen in the draft. Or, yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, somebody on the defensive line possibly in the draft and then look at a quarterback later. Because it is a very deep draft. And Andy Dalton slipped. Yes, he did. Andy Dalton slipped. And look at Andy Dalton. Who knows? So... I'm not totally against that, especially if, hello, Johnny Manziel, as they say on 1500, is gone. 
Um, and or and or you see Johnny Manziel as another Cade McNown or something, just a cocky, stupid idiot who may have some talent, but then just like doesn't isn't an NFL quarterback like Cade McNown was. Remember him, the Chicago Bears quarterback, cocky as hell, uh, and he just he was a jackass and he couldn't do anything at the NFL level. I don't think Johnny Manziel is going to be that kind of a failure, but ah, whatever, you know, uh, Rick Spielman. If if you still are employed in February, March, and April, and all that good stuff, you had better pick the right one this time, my buddy. You had better pick the right one. Josh Mayer Henry has, says, looks like the Vikings defense is back giving up tons of points. No pressure on Dalton at all. Been a few bad calls by the refs so far also. That's for damn sure. Oh, my. Lots of bad calls by the refs. Oh, man. Tony Coleman simply saying how embarrassing. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, and it was embarrassing. Dave Hickey saying, The Vikings showed us once again we need help in the secondary badly. Castle had a bad day, but I believe he should be the starter going into next season while we grew him a high draft pick at quarterback. I agree, Dave. He continues saying we need help on the defensive side of the ball. Some new coaches would help. I just hope they make the right choice and break a new championship system in our new stadium. Break in a new championship system in our new stadium. Oh, wouldn't that be nice, Dave? And um, I can't disagree with anything you had to say there. I mean, uh, yeah. Have Castle kind of bridge the gap to the next quarterback? I think so. I think so, yes. <sighs> mm-hmm. I think so. Malcolm saying, man, this, <laughs> that tie is going to kill us in the draft. It is. Because all the teams that have four wins have 11 losses. We have 10. So, uh, yeah, that stupid tie. But but the good part is, though, it's going to kill the Packers in winning the division. They're not going to win the division because of it. So that's the one good part. So all of us that hate the Packers, they're not going to win the division. Maybe Aaron Rodgers makes his return into, into a soldier field or whatever. Or he would have would have been available if the playoffs were around. But no, the Packers are not going to... I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Bears take care of business in Soldier Field. And then, yeah, they run into New Orleans or whatever. San Francisco probably. And just get... Uh, they get slaughtered. Uh-huh. They, they get they get hunted. <laughs> Sebastian Balls with a few comments here saying... Okay, so quarterback discussion. Can we all agree the three we have suck? Yes. Okay, so who do we sign or draft? Manziel is too cocky, too ignorant, and lacks class. I think we get Teddy out of Louisville. Anyone from Sebastian, uh, Sebastian from Seattle? I'd love to have Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I agree that all three have nothing uh, do nothing for us long term. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Bridgewater, I don't think we're going to get him. I think he's basically a Houston Texan waiting to happen. Uh, there's even talks about Johnny Manziel just going to Jacksonville anyway. That wouldn't surprise me either, because Blaine Gabbert's not going to be the quarterback of the future there. Chad Henney's probably not. You know, I used to like Chad Henney when he was with the Dolphins, but it seems like anybody who goes to Jacksonville just kind of goes there to die, <laughs> except for Mark Brunel back in the 90s. Mm. Or David Gerrard, who I actually liked kind of a, a lot about, about eight years ago. Um... This is a really tough draft to get into, and uh, I've got I gotta I gotta really bear down and do some more research going in. I'm uh, 
you know, because I've been sticking on the here and now. I love to talk about the future because it's a lot of fun, and that's basically it's the most interesting conversation of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, it's more interesting to talk about the draft and the next coach and the next GM, whatever, you know, you know, imagining who it could be versus talking about Chris Cook getting his, getting his ass kicked on a daily basis versus Jared Allen underachieving versus Christian Ponder making horrible passes, Matt Castle <laughs> looking overmatched out there at times, the offensive line getting beat, or the offensive line actually doing good once in a while. Versus Leslie Frazier getting out coached, Alan Williams looking like a fool, Bill Musgrave looking like looking like a lifeless corpse, you know. So yeah, I do understand that that is more interesting, and uh, I'm gonna have to get more into it, or I'm gonna lose everybody here. <laughs> because yes, talking about the regular season isn't fun, so I do understand that. But it's just I was kind of up until right about now. It's like I've been forced to pretty much stick to the here and now because. It's so early and all that good stuff, but at least the college season is wrapping up, so we do have a really good idea where players could be going. Though, again, the combine changes that as well. You see a guy who's going to be seventh overall go up to number two or drop to 35, you know, early second round. Stuff like that happens. I mean, Cordell Patterson slipped to 29. I thought that guy was going to go in the top 10 at one point in time. I really did believe that. I thought he was going 10 to 15, maybe even 8. Who knows? But slip to 29, or yeah, yeah, 29, and thank God for that. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, very good, very good point there, Sebastian. He says draft quarterback or defender. So, and then I simply was like, well, uh, it kind of, I, I still in quarterback, but it depends on where we're drafting, who's still there. Because, yeah, it's getting harder and harder. Um, it really is getting harder and harder. And I was saying, I'll oh, thank God that we don't have to, I mean, thank God that the draft isn't until April, because it's getting harder and harder to tell what's going to happen. Um, we do, we will likely pick 7th or 8th, so it's going to kind of be like several years in the past. I mean, we had Adrian Peterson slip to us, the best player in that draft, 2007. That was cool. Uh, we had Bryant McKinney one year. Great. Wonderful. And then we got Kevin Williams, who was, you know, better than the guys that we were, were going to take, according to some people. So that was cool. Um, quarterback or defender? Yes, it depends on... What's going on? I mean, if Manziel is gone, Bridgewater's gone, take a def- probably take defender or even consider trading down and look at some look at someone, possibly one of the guys Brent was looking at, or maybe they got someone else targeted. We shall see. I need to look more and more into the other quarterbacks in the draft, though. I got to get to work on that like ASAP. Been working ridiculous overtime and all that good stuff, and been trying to do my best to give a good product about the the current games and such. So that's partially what's been going on with myself in doing the show. I mean, I've been doing the best I can to do a, to, to review the games and preview the following games and enjoy the season, as Mike Tice once said long ago. Because, uh, you know, you look at the playoffs and stuff too, up and coming. I love doing playoff shows. That's when I'm, that's, that's like so much fun to do those. I'm going to try to get Dylan Richardson on. We'll see if we can work that out with our two schedules. Sebastian saying, who do we sign in the offseason? Does this horrific defensive season change how we sign players? Yeah, I I think so. Um, cornerback has got to be of the essence. Yes, Xavier, uh, Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes is, a, is the kind of guy that uh, 
looks like he's going to have one of the two cornerback positions for a long period of time. Who will have the other one? Will, will, we, will the Vikings go after a Brent Grimes? Will they go after Don, Dominique Rogers Cromarty? Will they go after somebody like that? One of the top-end guys, Chris Harris, <laughs> Captain Munderland, <laughs> or Akib Talib, Akib Talib with the New England Patriots. Will will uh, will the Vikings go after one of those guys? They're rated as the top five cornerbacks available going into the offseason, according to the Bleacher Report. We shall see. I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend money in the off season, that's one of the positions I look at for spending money. You pair one of them with Xavier Rhodes and keep Marcus Sherrills as a nickel back or the or or a dime back, like the fourth fourth cornerback, basically. Um, hey, shoot, why not? Maybe you look at a safety too, inst- or or instead. It's gonna be interesting to see where the Vikings head, though. But yeah. I gotta think secondary is a huge need going into the offseason. Will they do it via free agency? Will they do it via draft? Draft is kind of risky. You know, it really is. It seems like if you go after the first round, it's real hazy. And Spielman has a bad history drafting cornerbacks after the first round. Asher Allen, Spielman, and the other guys that were working with him. Spielman, Josh Robinson, um... Did I say Spielman? What am I talking about? Asher Allen, Josh Robinson, uh, Cedric Griffin. Well, he was good at one point in time. The Vikings traded up to get him. He was good. And then he had the ACLs, and then that was it. He was terrible after that. So um, you can't really blame a guy for getting hurt, but at the same time, Cedric Griffin wasn't that great. I mean, he was never that great. He was good for a little while. But as said before, horrible draft history. For Mr. <clears throat> Spielman after the first round. In fact, yeah, it's really been a joke for the most part. Thank God Xavier Rhodes is actually kind of starting to work out. Now, yes, and Chris Cook. There was the biggest one of all. Chris Cook, a second round pick. Pathetic. Pathetic. So the list goes on and on. He cannot draft cornerback or quarterback. So again, I consider making a move of that position as well. So, uh, yep, you, you, you got me going there a little bit. Got me. Looking at some stuff there, Sebastian. Do appreciate that. He's definitely deserving of a star this week, I gotta think. Brent Jacobson with some interesting stuff as well to wrap up the face of crazy before we wrap up the show with the Twitter account. Saying, if the Vikings make the right moves this offseason, the NFC North could be theirs for the taking next year. Here's what I would do. Clean the coaching staff out. Bring in Tom Cable as head coach and try to get Ken Norton Jr. as defensive coordinator. Ken Norton Jr., huh? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Wasn't he a hell of a player back in the day? Entertain offers for Peterson to stockpile picks. I was going to say, so like, I was going to say no one's talking about trading Peterson. Well, on my page, at least. Oh, they're talking, oh, Brent's talking about it, apparently. Draft for value. Best player available, not for need. Well, Vikings did that last year, and long term, I think that's going to work out in the first round. In the first round, after that, I don't know yet. Uh, ditch the Tampa 2 for a more aggressive style of defense. Look at guys like David Falls, Zach Medenberger, or Aaron Murray in the third round of the draft at quarterback. Later on, I'll outline my chase for Medenberger of my LSU Tigers. And yes, please do, Brent. I would appreciate that. That would be actually very cool. We'll see how right Brent Jacobson is about Mr. Medenberger 
in the future. So yeah, do uh, yeah do keep posting about Brent and lay out your case about him. Would appreciate it. Brent also uh, said I plan to to add my two cents worth on my way home this evening. Not sure if he called though. I didn't get anything from Dylan, but I was able to get Malcolm's call. But don't be afraid to still call Brent if you can. Be more than welcome to play it on the next episode. If it's reviewing this game, reviewing the Detroit game, or simply talking about the offseason, the draft, your guy Mattenberger, guy, stuff like that. Hey, or talking just ripping Frazier, who knows? <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens with that. Always a great caller. So now a little bit of Twitter. A little bit of Twitter interaction. I think it's pretty quiet this week. There's a little bit going on here. At Purple Mafia Show, simply give that a follow on Twitter. Very simple and Boy, a lot of people followed this week. I, I don't know if these are a bunch of bots, though, which wouldn't surprise me. That's disappointing. So, some of them are real, though. appreciate those of you that may have, uh, that may have that, if you're real out there, that have followed me the, recently. Um, Dave Martin, with a little bit of tweeting earlier. Yeah, he was making, he was joking, teasing me about when I said, Freeman is retarded. Oh, very funny. I'm thinking our GM is a retard. As to picking quarterbacks, a reach. Coming again in the draft. As to Freeman, I think we hoped he had something to offer us in the passing game. Now, is he that bad? Or being kept for 2014? Uh, I guess he's that bad, Dave. I don't think there's any chance he's coming to... I don't think he's coming back next year. From all indications are he is that bad. Whatever it is, I don't know. I'm confused. Farzin Vesugian at Farzin21. Yes, sir. At Farzine 21 of the Chiefs zone, Farzine Vasukian saying, a local radio host said, Castle is the best quarterback on the Vikings and they'd be in the playoffs if he started all 16 games. <laughs> I am i don't think they would because the defense is so bad. Um, and yes, Castle is inconsistent. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. I'm sure you kind of laughed at that a bit too, Farzine, a little bit because I know you weren't all too excited about Matt Castle either. He really struggled in KC. Oh my. So yes, that, that's where I may know a little bit about the Chiefs because I do listen to the Chiefs zone all the time. So, And I've called in a few times as well. I should call in again. Wish them luck in the postseason. Would like that. Actually would like to see them do something in the postseason. Uh, I'm sorry for making that crack about they're losing the first round all the time. I'm sorry. That wasn't nice to say because you could probably say the same thing about the Vikings too. So... I do apologize for that, Farzine. I know you're probably going to kick my butt for that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that was kind of mean to say. Carl O'Neill, at Carl O'Neill, underscore between the Carl and O'Neill part, saying, guess what? Castle sucks. I mean, Castle sucks against good defense. Won't ever win anything with him at quarterback. Yep, and I was saying that he's more of a Band-Aid anyway. And then Carl O'Neill saying, well, that Band-Aid is not stopping crap. Yeah, I mean, that that's true. It's just, he's more or less just a bridge, you know. He's just a bridge to the next quarterback. He, We know we're not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Castle. He's probably, he probably knows that as well. He's just happy to be playing right now and, and uh, making a salary in this league. And maybe he can, maybe he can be like a nicer, nicer version of what Gus Farratt was, we thought, <laughs> when he was here. With Tavares Jackson, he ended up losing his mind and thinking he was the starting quarterback of the team. And, uh, I don't know, that was just weird. I think Castle's a bit more realistic than uh, in, in the past. I think he'll be a nice, like, uh, tutor for whoever it is. 
the next Andy Dalton, we hope. We hope. <laughs> oh, boy. West Coast Sports Guy saying it makes no sense unless they have Dalton and Green on their fantasy teams when, yes, he was commenting about why are the Bengals still throwing the ball? They must not have confidence in the defense. I think the Vikings can go come back from 42-7. to 7. Yeah, it didn't make sense. Why were they throwing so much? Carl O'Neill was saying uh, it will go higher when I was saying it is now officially a reverse of our only win in Cincinnati back in 92, which was 42-7. to 7. Um, luckily the Vikings actually scored, so that was, that didn't, it didn't go quite as bad, luckily. <laughs> in the end, a loss is a loss, and that's all that really matters. I'm sure that's what Carl O'Neill was thinking to my response just now, as he's hearing me. So, there it is. Let's look at the stars here. Who's the stars of this, of this episode? I'm gonna give the gold star to Malcolm. You can kind of tell he was gonna get it. So, Malcolm, you are... The winner of the Gold Star for this week. So there you go. Gold Star for Malcolm. And we're going to give a Silver Star to... I'm going to give a Silver Star to Brent Jacobson. Yep, Brent is going to get the Silver Star here in this one. Very cool. Lots to say. Lots to offer. In fact, I almost... Well, yeah. Brent will get the Silver Star, um, and we will go with uh, Sebastian is going to get a bronze, but I think I may have to throw in another silver here somewhere along the way. I'm going to go with the Silver Star for, I had somebody, and I'm losing my mind here. Silver Star is going to, uh, tied for Silver Star, tied for Bronze Star, I'll give it to Mark Carlson and Sebastian Balls. There we go. Tied for Bronze Star. We're going to do that. Okay, so... Yes, Malcolm Gold, uh, Brent Silver, and Bronze for Mark and Sebastian. So there was a tie in there. <laughs> for those of you guys out there, do keep posting. You know, Mayor Henry, that's who it was. I wanted to give him one this week, actually. I, I like what he had to say here. So I'm going to give Mayor Henry a tie for Silver. And... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to give Mayor Henry a tie for silver. That was actually pretty cool. And... It's like, I hate doing this. It drives me crazy. Brent will get the bronze. Okay, Brent Jacobson gets the bronze. Yep, there we go. Brent Jacobson will get the bronze for this one. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for posting. Do appreciate it. Obviously, nothing personal for anybody getting stars and stuff. But, yeah, I just thought I'd go with that right now. So, thanks everybody for listening, and we're going to have a special Ode to the Metrodome next week. <sighs> it's going to be sad, but it's also exciting at the same time. The new stadium is beginning. The hole is being dug already, which is pretty crazy. It's already a pretty big hole for the new stadium. They're not wasting any time, and quite frankly, they can't, because they're off to a pretty late start to this damn thing. I mean, I thought they were going to do the groundbreaking in April of 2013, I can't believe how long it's taken for that. I thought it was going to be April of 2014, even October of, of 2012, I thought, at one point in time. It is just ridiculous how long it's took, taken. October of 2013, that didn't happen. Pushed all the way to late, uh, early December, excuse me. So, yeah, it's no surprise that they're that they not wasting any time. they got to have this thing done by 2016. It isn't that far away, folks. In fact, only two seasons in TCF before that ditty is operational, yes. 
the purple moon. Yeah, the purple moon, whatever it is. We'll see what happens. So everybody, do stay warm. Do have yourself a merry little Christmas and a happy holiday, whatever it may be. Very proud to say that I celebrate Christmas. Very proud that, uh, hey, that Christmas is upon us. I don't like the crowds at all. I miss being a kid at this time of year versus being an adult. It's a real big difference. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's another reason I miss the 80s. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy your Christmas. Enjoy your holidays as well. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy this. Happy that. (laughs) Oh, God bless everyone.